Station on the track, boy. everybody welcome to the rich talk podcast i am your host mike carter and you know in the rich talk podcast talk is never cheap but it's always rich let's take care of a few things before we get started number one please subscribe to this podcast if you have not already um, whatever streaming platform you use click their subscribe button so you can get updates every time we drop a new podcast also if you have not rated the podcast yet, please give us a five-star rating. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. I always say I do my best to give five-star content. So I would hope that you would give a five-star rating. And the last uh, piece of information we need to take care of is please share this podcast with those who you know need to hear some financial inspiration, some practical application someone who may be struggling financially or may just want to learn more about what the word of God says concerning our money in the kingdom. Please share this with them. When I post links on Facebook and Instagram, if you follow me on those two sites or Twitter, please share, retweet, uh, post in your story. Let's get the word out about the Rich Talk podcast because we've been going at it for a while now and I'm looking at the uh, listens, the, the, the streams, and they're going up constantly. Y'all going back listening to the earlier ones, which is pretty inspiring to me that you guys are um, paying that much attention to my podcast and what we say here. So thank you for that, uh, because the numbers keep climbing. So I'm grateful. Um, and like I said, I work hard to give you all great content so that you can learn and grow in this area. So with that being said, today is part two of our leave leaving a legacy podcast. God told me to do a part two as soon as I finish part one. And part two is going to be based on a legacy of sowing. This is something that I actually taught in our Kingdom Billionaires Club's Money Masters class. We have a Money Masters class every Tuesday that we do. I've told you guys about this before. I've actually taught this. And as soon as I finished the Leaving the Legacy podcast last week, God said, okay, so I want you to do the second part of the podcast and I want you to teach on leaving a sewing legacy. Now, anybody who knows me knows I am huge on sewing. I am a huge sewer and I'm huge on sewing. It's all I teach because it's the kingdom principle that is designed to take your money to levels you never thought it could go to. I don't care what your money looks like now. If you get a seed in the ground and you can consistently get a seed in the ground, your life will be transformed forever. I want to say something about consistency because consistency has been in my heart and in my mind so much lately. Consistency is so vital. It is vitally important that you be consistent. What does consistency mean? It means that you're doing something over and over and over and over again with no stoppage, no lapses in between. You keep going until you hit pay dirt. So I want to encourage you to be consistent in particular with the seed because kingdom finances is not a get rich quick scheme. It's not. And, you know, it could happen overnight, but it takes time because God not only deals with your money, he deals with your mindset. He deals with your belief system. He deals with your motives. He deals with your thought processes. 
He deals with uh, your stewardship. He deals with your understanding of who you are and your self-esteem. He deals with the anointing that's on your life. God deals with the total man, spirit, soul, and body, because he wants you to be able to enjoy what he gives you. Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, Second Timothy 6, 17 says that he gives us all things richly to enjoy. I think it's first Timothy 6, 17. He gives us all things richly to enjoy. So God wants us to enjoy what he blesses us with. But what God understands is our character, if it's not in the right place, it'll cause us to not enjoy and even harm ourselves once he starts pouring on us the anointing to receive rich increase. So today we're going to talk about sowing and we're going to talk about leaving a sowing legacy. I am leaving a legacy of sowing. I want to be remembered when I leave here for being the biggest, most generous giver anybody ever knew. And the Bible has instances where people were literally remembered for their giving. And I'm going to show you that uh, today. And so I want you to begin to develop uh, a mindset to leave a legacy of sowing, to be known and remembered for how generous you were. So that even when you're gone, when you're not here anymore, people will tell stories about your generosity and people will be inspired by your generosity to give that way as well. Amen. So let's go to Acts chapter 10 and verse three, story of Cornelius. And we're going to see here in this chapter two instances where God literally remembered Cornelius because of his prayers and because of his sowing. Let's look at it in verse three. It says about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Your prayers and your alms. Alms is giving. And in particular, giving to the poor. So that's a legacy of giving. God remembered this brother because of his prayers and because of his giving. Because of what he sowed, the seed that he placed in the ground, God literally remembered that, remembered him for his seed. That's leaving a legacy of sowing. And I'm, I'm like to believe that Cornelius must have been a consistent giver for God to remember him for that. And even when Cornelius is dead and gone, his memory will be the seed that he sowed. Let's go down to verse 31 and you'll see they make mention of it again in that chapter. Verse 31 says, well, let's read verse 31. So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Isn't that amazing that God will remember the seed that you sow? That's amazing. We might think that we've sown something and we might even forget that we sowed it. But God never forgets. I can't tell you how many times I've received harvest for certain things. And, and God will say, tell me that's a result of such and such a seed. Or that came because you sowed this. Or he'll bring back to my remembrance a seed that I sowed that I forgot about. And he'll say this harvest is attached to that seed. Because God never forgets. You may forget, but God never forgets. And that's what I love. I, I love that I don't have to keep track of. The seed that I sow in order to ensure that I receive a harvest from, harvest from it. Because God will never forget it. 
He'll never forget a seed that you sow. You might forget it. As a matter of fact, I challenge you to sow so much that you can't keep up with all the seeds that you sow. I challenge you to do that because you don't have to keep up with it. God remembers it all and he will keep up with it for you. And it becomes a part of your legacy. It becomes a part of what you are remembered for. It becomes a part of what you leave once you are dead and gone. A legacy of generosity, a legacy of sowing, a legacy of giving. That's what God expects us to leave in the earth realm. Okay. Now, let's go to a very, very, very familiar story. And I want y'all to see this in Matthew chapter 26. About another person who left a legacy of sowing because she gave a gift so valuable that God, Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, this story will be told. This is this young lady's legacy. Matthew chapter 26, we'll begin reading at verse 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? But this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. But me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Somebody say legacy, a legacy of sowing. Verse 13 literally says, Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, the seed that this woman has sown to me will be told as a memorial to her. It's her legacy. She has now created a legacy of giving that is going to be told even when she's gone. This was over 2000 years ago and we're talking about it right now. The woman with the alabaster box, her legacy is a legacy of sowing. That's what we know her for. for okay. Now, she was anointing Jesus for his burial uh, because he was going to go and be crucified. So this was a very important thing that she was doing and God used her to do it. Here's what I want you to know. That woman was already a sower. She was already a giver. That's why God put that in her hands because he knew Jesus needed to get it. And he knew that the only way Jesus would get it is for him to put it in the hands of a sower. I wonder what is God not putting in your hands because he knows you're not going to give it. You got to change that narrative. You got to change God's mind about you. You got to show God, God, whatever you give me, I'm going to sow it. You can put a year's worth of salary, which is what that alabaster box of uh, ointment would cost. You can put a year's worth of income in my hands at one time. And I'll do whatever you tell me to do with it. I'll invest it if you tell me to invest it. I'll sow it if you tell me to sow it. I'll keep it if you tell me to keep it. Whatever you tell me to do with it, I'm going to do it. You can't be like the disciples here who considered giving it to Jesus a waste. Think about that. Giving something to Jesus a waste. Now, there's a couple ways you can look at that. And I've meditated this text numerous times and God has given me some amazing revelation from it. One way you can look at it is that they didn't value Jesus. They didn't realize how valuable Jesus was. If they thought that that oil 
was too valuable to give to him. And it could have been kept and given to the poor, which is a cover up. Right. Because people say that nowadays all the time. Every time you see somebody rich doing something with money. Oh, man, they could they, 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 they could. they ain't had to do that. They could have gave that to the poor. That just sounds noble. That's not really what their issue is, though. They really just hate the fact that somebody's blessed enough to be able to do that. So they use the poor as an excuse to justify them hating on what's going on. They don't really care about the poor because they could. Well, they could. You could sell your if you got a house, you could sell your house and give that to the poor and move in an apartment. But you don't hear anybody telling you to do that. Right. Because that doesn't make sense. OK, you can have nice things and still give to people. And so them being concerned about the poor was not their concern at all. They were they were really just being envious and hateful, I believe. But they didn't really understand Jesus's value because they considered that oil too valuable to pour on Jesus. They considered it a waste to give it to Jesus. And a lot of times, even when people are blessing a man or woman of God in the body of Christ, people consider that a waste of money. Right. We see that we see it in scripture. So there's nothing new under the sun. That's why I ignore all that dumb stuff. When people talk, when these pastors take care of their families and when they're blessed and when they're multimillionaires and when they have private jets and all this kind of stuff and people start fussing about that. I don't I don't pay that no mind. That don't bother me one bit because I know it's in the Bible. The disciples literally did it to Jesus. They didn't think he was worthy enough of that costly oil being poured on him. Right now, here's the other thing that I think was going on at this point in time. Now, this is this is this is a revelation that God gave me and it brings out the, the carnal carnalness of humanity, even though these gentlemen were walking close to Jesus. I believe they were jealous of Jesus. I believe they were envious that that woman gave it to Jesus and not them. I truly believe that just because the Holy Spirit showed me that in Scripture. There are some people in your circle who when you are blessed they're jealous. They're envious. They wanted to, they wish it were happening to him, to them instead of you. So they'll say little things like, oh man, that's a waste. They could have gave that to the poor. When what they really mean is, dang, I wish she would have poured that all on me. Dang, I wish she would have gave me that all. Dang, I wish she would have looked at me the way she looked at Jesus. That's what that's what really was in those disciples' heart. They really were jealous that the woman with the alabaster box was not serving them. She was serving him. So you got to watch those type of people. I don't mean get rid of them because Jesus still had them in their circle. They don't understand. They don't see the bigger picture. Your existence, and you have to understand that your existence and the people around you who hate you, they have no idea who they're hating. So you don't even need to get mad at them. Just let them do what they do. You continue to walk on your level that God has you on, just like Jesus did. You continue like T.D. Jakes has the book where he talks about giraffes don't stoop down to deal with i think he said a turtle or something or whatever you know because giraffes heads are way high they're way up in the air why would i stoop down to deal with a turtle who's on the ground the turtle may not be the the animal that he used or the reptile that he used but you get the picture you, if you're a giraffe and you're 100 feet in the air why would you stoop down to an animal who's bound to the ground because they're doing something on that no you stay up high where you are and that's what Jesus is doing here. Now, he does confront them about their issue. But bottom line is, there are people who are going to be envious of you, not because of anything you did, but because of the anointing that is on your life, because of the way God is getting ready to anoint you and has already 
anointed you. Because this is literally what, what this woman did. She anointed Jesus with that oil. And some people don't like the fact that God has anointed you. Some people don't like that. They, 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 they'll, they'll voice it like they're, they're concerned about others and there's something that better that can be done about that. But the fact of the matter is they don't like the fact that God has anointed you. And you cannot be upset about that. When God anoints you and appoints you and exalts you to a place where you shouldn't be, you have to be cool with that. And you have to understand that people, some people are not going to be cool with that. It doesn't matter. You walk in who you are. You walk in what you're supposed to be doing. You honor God. You walk in stewardship of that position that God has put you in and watch how God blesses you. So I believe that the disciples were jealous. I believe that they wanted to be the ones being anointed, but they were not because they were not called to do what Jesus was called to do. So he gracefully checked them. He said in verse 10, but when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, why did you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Don't think everybody is going to like the fact that you've been anointed by God. Not everybody's going to like that. Don't think that everybody's going to like the fact that you've been blessed by God through different people. Not everybody's going to like that. And they're going to come up with reasons that sound so good and so noble and so justifiable, but they're not. They're really steeped and rooted in hate and envy. You've got to be big enough to know that and to forgive them, not even hold it against them. Know that they just don't understand what is on your life and know that they don't understand the legacy that God is trying to prepare for you and for the person who is blessing you. So become sowing a, a, a legacy of sowing is a powerful, powerful thing. And I want us to get focused on becoming legacy sowers. It's a term that God gave me. Be focused on becoming legacy sowers. What does that mean, Pastor? It means that I sow to leave a legacy of generosity. I sow with me not even being here in mind. I sow with what I'm leaving once I'm gone in mind. I'm always focused on what it is that I can leave when I'm gone. And a part of that is the generous legacy that I'm developing. And so I want you to begin to develop that as well. Become known for being a sower. Become known for being a giver. Become known for being a blessing to others. Become known for, you know, loading somebody else up with, with an abundance of money. Become known for being a great steward. Become known for having an abundance of money and walking in that abundance the way you're supposed to walk in it and growing in it. And allowing God to use you in a mighty, mighty way so that you can be blessed and you can leave a blessing when you leave here. We, we talked last week about, you know, the, the leaving a legacy and being um, blessed to be a blessing for the generations after you. Well, there's no way to do that. No better way to do that than to be a, a, a legacy sower, to sow with legacy in mind. I want to leave a legacy that I was the most generous person who ever walked on the face of the earth. That's the legacy I want to leave. I want to be known when I leave here for being generous. I want people to be able to say about me, man, Pastor Mike was such a giver, man. This guy was always blessing people. He just, he just was extremely generous and God blessed him tremendously for that. All right. That is it. 
we did a quick work today because I really just wanted to get straight to the point and and do part two in a in a grand way. But there's so much rich revelation that came out in these 20, 21, 22 minutes that that you guys are going to be able to pull from if you listen over and over and over and over and over again. Obviously, guys, you guys have been doing that because the streams are constantly growing for each segment, each episode. So I'm excited about that. And I want you all to continue to do that because God is going to continue to reveal things to you through these teachings, things that I don't even say you're going to hear every time you listen and you're going to continue to grow in uh, the power and the anointing of God. And so I honor y'all today. Thank y'all for listening. Don't forget, please go and subscribe. Please go and give us a five-star rating and please share this with those who you know need to be fed the word of God concerning their finances. This has been the Rich Talk Podcast where talk is never cheap, always rich. Again, signing off, I am Mike Carter. And as always, I want you to always, always, always be rich. Until next time, peace.